I was born into a dysfunctional but loving family. This was only made apparent to me in a conversation I had with my mum years later in my 20s. It's only when she brought light to this that my eyes were able to see things for what they were. We did in fact come from a dysfunctional family, a trait which was passed down from the generation before that and the generation before that and so on. I was born into a family where around 80% of the men in my life had been to prison at least once. I stopped seeing my father when I was six, but wasn't surprised to hear that he'd served time in prison too. I had immediate family members with open problems with drug abuse. No one in my family had qualifications past GCSE level, and by the time I was born, there was only one active member of my family who was working and doing so legitly, and that was my mum. Everyone else more or less dabbled in criminal endeavours to make ends meet. And even in this, it was obvious that my family had very little means with an unhealthy relationship with money. The conversation with my mum really rattled me because it became clear as to how accustomed I had become with that dysfunction and how it just felt normal. And that's the most dangerous part of all, all of this, the normality of it all. My family were undoubtedly in a cycle of generational dysfunction and trauma. Our environment was running on a program which generated consistent results in the areas of self-hate, low self-esteem, poor money management, low aspirations, family dysfunction and absent fathers. What is one to do when born in such an environment? I know that my dynamic is far from the worst case out there, but still, it's still a challenging environment to navigate nonetheless especially if you want different of yourself or different is expected of you. A simple solution, but far from easy one, is just to change the program which governs the environment. But as we know, we are not computer desktops. Any change is not going to occur overnight. In fact, any change you propose is going to be up against habits and behaviours which have developed mass momentum long before you were born. Breaking toxic generational cycles is no easy feat and in any attempt at doing so will require you to really drill down what first needs to be discontinued and dig and then dig into why a certain behaviour was able to flourish for so long and in the first place. And once we've established that, can we then look to reverse the fortunes? Sometimes, when you are born of a different generation, you are forced to see things differently. This is because practices in how one does things can provide a splinter in harmony between your perspective and the elder generations. This isn't a bad thing though. It's a natural tension which arises when the new is breaking from the old. It's how things move forward. The old guard's response is mainly going to be dismissive, especially when it comes as a threat to a reality they've grown comfortable with. So don't take things personal when you decide to break generational cycles and you get a negative response. It's the natural order of things. This isn't always the case though. You can have family members who themselves are aware of the negative generational patterns they were born into and go on a mission to ensure it's broken with the next generation of kids, which was the case with me. Before I even came out of the womb, my mum was adamant that I was going to university and be the first one from my family to do so. I didn't see what the fanfare surrounding university was all about because I was born into a generation where it was the expectation and because of that I could never ascertain what this symbolised to my mum because she came from a time when this was only reserved for the privileged few. 
I know many listening will be able to relate to that. As a kid, it became obvious to me how much pain can travel from one generation to the next, how the experiences one goes through can then be passed onto their children and so on. My uncle, who was the epitome of manhood and what it meant to be quote-unquote alpha, I will see his sensibilities were extremely sensitive. He couldn't take criticism without being offended. He had an air of intimidation which prevented people the ability to get close. He would always bring up pain from his childhood, especially especially of those of not getting the proper, the proper support from his mum, my nan, to become a professional footballer. And now he would have to steal from my nan's purse to have money for training, which is funny because his other nephew, Andros Townsend, would become a footballer. But to this day, they still haven't met. But that's for another day. Bringing it back though, my uncle, on top of all of this, had such a big heart. You could tell that he wanted to express it in so many ways, but just didn't have the tools to do so. In his quest for love, he looked for it in the wrong places and oftentimes found himself in unfortunate situations. It may seem that I rambled on long about my uncle, but I want to make the point that I was able to see how outward displays of aggression is often matched by inward feelings of emptiness. Conduct is a generational trait that can and is often passed down to, and to truly measure its impact in pushing your family forward or holding them back requires one to take an objective view. It is not taking the approach that you're better than your family because you're not, but more so for to understand how your family may have slipped into negative cycles in the first place. Otherwise, if you don't approach this with the necessary humility, then you'll end up pushing away the very people you're trying to help. And this brings us to the question, is the glass half empty or half full? Because it is important to understand that it doesn't just stop, it doesn't just start and stop with the glass, but instead provides the framework for how you see the world at every point thereafter too. If your family is approaching life with a negative disposition, then shifting that lens won't happen overnight, but will often require them to live through your positive expression for them to see there can be another way. We touched upon earlier about family members being apprehensive with your attempts at breaking negative generational cycles. But in this part, I want to dive into this a little bit more extensively. Generally speaking, people hate being taken out of their comfort zone. A person's comfort zone maps out how one experiences the world in a consistent fashion. And once one grows accustomed to it, it's a routine one isn't willing to let go of so easily. And that applies even if one's comfort zone operates on the foundations of negativity and pain. Taking this into account now, I'm assuming that you can now connect the dots as to why attempting to change one perception can come with so much friction and resentment because what you're doing is taking them out of their comfort zone. And as much as they may express otherwise with their words, they really want things to stay the same. And this can apply to family more so than anyone. Most times, people are scared to dream anything positive outside of their current set of circumstances. It makes them feel uncomfortable because their disposition to life is that the glass is half empty, which is why anything you may propose can be violently rejected if it sits outside of their sphere of reality. This isn't an attack on you, so to speak, but more so a projection of themselves onto you, a defense mechanism of their comfort zone, which is shooting down any possibility of upliftment close to home. That's for other people, not for you, 
they'd say, and therefore encourages people to continuously measure others by their expectations on what can be achieved and their own limitations within that. And just for the record, I firmly believe that this rarely comes from a place of ill intent or jealousy, but quite ironically out of a place of love, just so you don't disappoint yourself living a life of fake ideals and bringing you more in line with reality. Sorry, I mean their reality. And speaking on this brings about a very important point between what one may want and what one believes they deserve. We always go for what we deserve, but rarely do we go for what we want. For example, many people want to have millions in the bank, but most don't actually believe they can get it, which is why it's something they never pursue. And even if it's something that falls into their lap, i.e. money, because it doesn't fall in line with what they believe they deserve, they'll go down the road of self-sabotage which will rid them of the very thing they wanted. Why? Because being constructive with money would require them to radicalise their comfort zone. And this is something most don't have the courage to do. And will then partake in behaviours which will bring them back to the level they feel their life deserves to be at. In psychology, this is something known as cognitive dissonance. The act of holding two contradictory thoughts and believing them both to be true is why people throughout the course of history have been killed by the very people they were looking to help. Again, because people are comfortable with pain and hardship, they'll fight any attempts you make to get them out of it, even if it's a quote-unquote better way. This is why conversations surrounding money in families can be such a difficult one because a culture of scarcity and lack has long been established to where any talk of breaking that is shut down as it serves as a painful reminder for what they don't have and will never have. The ego in this sense can really take centre stage and reveal itself. The lack of self-belief others have in themselves can often give them the sense of being left behind when someone in their family has been extremely successful and through that create narratives in their mind which can go on to sour family relationships, ostracizing those who break new ground in trying to push things in a more prosperous direction. A family's lack of understanding or support can often be very difficult for the individual to deal with and can often be the reason why one may choose to distance themselves from their family as a result. How one chooses to move is beyond the scope of this episode but it's more so for one to consider the psychological factors at play so they can make more of a more informed decision. Setting new standards and breaking cycles requires humility and courage. There is a responsibility that comes with leading the way because your character is going to be an act in which those who come thereafter will follow. Breaking cycles is about institutionalizing new positive habits in place of the bad ones, cultivating behaviors which will naturally allow following generations to thrive. To give an example more close to home, I'm going to strive to create a culture around reading our self-sufficiency in the areas of emotions and finances. I'm not expecting this to be easy, but I do expect to hold myself as the example people can choose to follow. This isn't about ego. In fact, it's about being selfless. Reason being is that it comes back down again to that question of responsibility. 
I believe that the worst thing one can possibly do is identify the need for change or improvement and doing nothing about it. That is the complete opposite of the character required to break generational cycles and curses. You see, we're associative beings, which means that what we see as extensions of ourselves will often form the expectations which we place on ourselves. So if you're born into an environment where expectations are low for those in it, likelihood is that you're going to absorb that for yourself too. The opposite is also true, but negative spaces can be a lot more impactful because it often erodes away at the faith required to push your circumstances into a more prosperous paradigm, which is why having high expectations for yourself can be so difficult if you have no examples to follow in that regard. And the selflessness comes in you being that positive influence because you're aware of the impact that it will have on the people who come after you. But you can only do this by first working on yourself. You can't take anyone somewhere you've never been before. And this will require discipline, but also knowing where it is you want to go and what legacy it is you want to be established as a result of that. In my eyes, you are either building or destroying. Nothing is ever in a state of stability. It is either varying to one side or the other. But with that said, Sometimes, in order to build, you need to destroy, especially when it comes to restructuring the foundations in which new generational expectations are to be built. As with anything though, the easiest part is the destroying of something. The difficulty lies in establishing new attitudes and behaviours because you'll be starting out cold with no prior momentum. It's like trying to push a car from behind with the handbrakes off. At first, it's difficult to get that traction because there's no prior momentum. But when the wheels start moving a little, it becomes a lot easier to push. And from there on, it becomes easier because you're now resting on all the compounding actions from before. Ingrain the philosophy of success for future generations and there's no limit to where they'll be able to go. Um, that concludes this episode of Be More. Um, thank you for tuning in as always. I hope that you was able to um, draft um, some value from it. Um, as always, if you haven't done so already, uh, make sure that you download um, the 40 plus ways in which you can start making £1,000 each month in passive income. Um, you can find that um, in the link um, of our Instagram page. Um, which you can find at bmore.co so b-m-o-o-r dot c-o bmore.co and um, all you simply have to do is um, click the link and you'll take you to our webpage and from there you will find um, the the link to the to the free ebook which will be sent straight to your email um, other than that um, I look forward to um, seeing you soon um, this marks the end of season one um, of the Be More podcast. So um, we'll be back in the next, we'll be back shortly. And um, and yeah, so we look forward to, to, to hitting you with, with um, more topics um, pertaining to this and um, just helping you along your journey to self-improvement and generational wealth for the for the black community so 
until we meet next time, take care and look, tough, look after yourself. And I wish you all the best. Peace.